Phoenix to London, from LA to around the world. This is the ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Hey, oh. welcome everyone. Oh. Hey, are you ready for a Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, baby. It's coming. It's, it's, I, it's finally it, here. It's finally here, and, and I have to admit, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals have finally lost uh, home for the advantage. <laughs> I told you that in They're April. not going to be in it. Anyway, you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports with Fan Man, and uh, you're on the uh, Voice America Sports uh, radio network, and you can go to voiceamericasports.com, and all of our MySpace people, there's a ton of people out there listening on MySpace And right there's now. a phone number, too, right? And there's a phone number, too. You can call 866-472-5788. Again, 866-472-5788. You have to call in. We have to talk about the Super Bowl that's coming up. Well, if nothing else, you know, it's, uh, we can guarantee one thing. Last year's Super Bowl was raining. This year's Super Bowl? Dry. No rain. No rain. Indoor. Uh, they have a roof on that well, stadium. The roof is going to be open. Like a, it looks like a toilet seat to me. Yeah, That's but, you know, from the outside, you know, it's not really <laughs> – it, it's somewhat impressive because it looks like a spaceship that landed, you know. Yeah, it does look like a spaceship. But, uh, you know, it's interesting yeah. that we're going to have a Super Bowl here in the desert. And it's in an indoor facility, but we'll open it up for the world to see because that day I'm sure we'll open the roof. You know what's really funny, though, thinking about uh, Glendale, Arizona, which is – was really a dump a few years ago. Uh, they're cleaning up the town for the Super Bowl. You think any of these high-end guys are going to be walking down the streets of Glendale? I think they're going to be in the uh, gentlemen's clubs in Scottsdale partying and going to the FDR uh, golf tournament. Hey, fan man, let me say this. Yeah, I, well, I, I spent well, the last 20-some years of my life in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, let me tell you I spent something. the last 40. This city does not need to be cleaned up. This is one of the cleanest cities this I've ever seen. St- this is filthy. You've been, away from filthy. Phil- you've been away from Philadelphia for too long. Yeah. I, you, yeah. Go- <laughs> <laughs> you go back to Philadelphia. No, no, no. When I came, you know, when I left Philadelphia and I came here, it is very clean here compared to Philly. Philly's a filthy. The way I used to say, filthy Philly. Yeah, and I, I, I hated that. But, uh, but anyway, for those of you who come out, you know, bring your shorts, uh, bring your sh- uh, shirts. You know, you may T-shirts. need a, you're gonna need a jacket though in the evening. In the for evening. those who do not realize, it does get pretty yeah, chilly you know, here. You know, in Philadelphia, when you're in Philly or New York or Boston, it's you know, the temperature over the weekend was like zero with the wind chill factor of 12 below zero. Here it was 65. So people come out here, Ray. Um, they wear shorts and T-shirts. It's very warm. Where we're freezing because we're used to that real hot 115 exactly. degree weather. Exactly. So people used to laugh at me about that, and I couldn't understand why. Yeah, I'm but when it gets, but in, in the evenings, it's going to be cool. It's going to uh, be cool. Anyway, the game is going to be up uh, coming up in the two New weeks. The New York Giants. I picked the Giants, the dude. T- you did pick them. I, I, I got to give you credit. That's the you. first right pick you've had all year long. You know why? I, I, I'm going to tell you why. Because you like their colors. Yes, I do. I like their colors. I like the white and the blue. There and you the go. Red. Yeah, That's I, 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 it really turns me on. Anyway, no, I think what it really was, Eli Manning had something to say about this, and I think it goes back to that 2004 draft when Eli Manning said, you know what? I'm not playing for the Chargers. Trade hey, me. Hey, hey, you just you just stole that. See, because I I, I make sure I that we have all that information out there. And and that's right. that's exactly right. And people, so many people have not no, been nobody, talking about. Yeah, that. but no, yeah, nobody's he talking demanded. about it. He demanded. He demanded to get the hell out of but there. But you but you know what? But uh, also you know Philip Rivers was in New York. Right. He they he had been drafted by the Giants. It's amazing know? how and things so change. No, that that was all planned, and that was planned. That wasn't planned by anybody other than Eli. Eli demanded. Eli wanted to play in New York. In New York, yeah. In the toughest market in the world. And the, guess what? They kicked his butt. You know what? I am so sick and tired of the broadcasters, sportscasters, and everybody in between from A to Z making fun of this guy, putting him down. His own teammates, who that tiki, tiki barber, that guy. Uh, you know, it, it just goes to show that you can't say anything about anybody until the fat lady sings. And basically, the fat lady has sung, and the New York Giants played, won 10 games in a row on the road, Ray, came in there and beat them. 
It was amazing. And this Brett Favre stuff, the way they pushed Brett Favre, they pushed the Packers. You know, all this promotion, the underdogs were the Giants, and the Giants came back and said, you know what, we're going to show you what football's all about. You think you're going to take this game? No, you're not. And they showed it. And I, 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 that kicker, here we are with the kicker, time. I mean, amazing. He misses three of them and gets it on the fourth one. Absolutely well, you got to give you got to give you like credit. You know, the media oh, has been over him. You know, you talk about the media's been all over his back. He's got some teammates who've ever who's actually been against him at times. And then, of course, you got his former teammate Tiki Barber, who again has a lot of influence with the media in New York. He's part of the New York media. And, you know, just did not – the man has only been in the league about three years. Yeah, and you know what? Where are these big mouths at now? Where are they now? Where, why don't they step up to the plate and say, you know what? I made a mistake because they are fairies. They have no, no they're not, guts. They're not going to make any mistakes. They have no guts. They don't they have, make they're mistakes. Not, they're cowards. No, Eli they, they, is not I'm not talking about get, him. He's not going to get an apology Well, he should get an media. apology. He should get an apology from everybody that put him down, his, the players and everybody else, to say, you know what? We made a mistake, and we shouldn't do this. And I, I, I said the Giants were going to win that game, and I knew the Giants were going to go in there and win that game because Eli Manning had something to prove to everybody, and he proved it. Good for you, Eli. Congratulations. Good luck in the Super Bowl, and I, for one, say, Eli, you're going to win this Super Bowl, too. Well, you're going to show that. i got another spin on it. It's not all Eli. They've got a coach no. that gets no respect at all. That's, that's another well. thing. Don't even, you know what? Tom Coughlin he has was never re- got any respect, and you know what? If you look at him on paper, I don't know why, because Tom Coughlin is one of the best coaches that ever played in the well, they were, they're ready to fire him. They were ready to fire him midseason. For, for what? For what? He took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know what? I, it's just it's just amazing about these people saying all this garbage about other people when, in fact, you know, that really derails a team or a company, in fact, when you have somebody derailing and being negative, constantly negative, like the press is in New York. I mean, they lose a game and the press is ready to fire and kick out the coach and get rid of the quarterback and blah, blah, blah. And I bet I bet the New York Giants fans are really happy right now. Well, one thing about Coughlin, Coughlin has been, you know, really, if you take the two coaches, they kind of mirror each other. They got the same kind of personality. You know, neither one of them have a lot of personality. No, they don't. But you know who's really looking good? And I'm going to kind of, like, throw a spin on this whole thing. Who's really looking good right now is is, uh, Tuna. The tune is looking real good. Why because, is he looking good? Because these are two of his protégés that, uh, you know, Parcells had for oh, years yeah, ago. Oh, right, yeah, right. And, uh, you know, in fact, both of these guys, as a matter of fact, they were on the staff with Parcells. They've got rings. They've got Super Bowl rings. And now they're Super Bowl coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're a chip off the old block. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, Parcells doesn't have a lot of personality either when it comes to dealing with the media. But really the, the players probably love him. But the media? Oh, no. Well, they, they, last, night, last night on Channel 12, I'm talking about Channel 12 here. It's an NBC affiliate, affiliate here in uh, Phoenix. And one of the uh, sportscasters, uh, Bruce Cooper. Who's going to join us? He's going to join us. Yeah, Bruce going to join us. Last night on the news, it wasn't Bruce. It was the other guy, the other sportscaster, and I can't think of his name. But they were making fun of, uh, of the two coaches, the way they talk. Like, the, they're asking him questions about their kids, and he's going, uh, 12, uh, 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 uh. It was really funny to watch. That they, they don't really have any personalities, but they do have those personalities on the field. Dick Vermeer was like that. He oh. wasn't a big show-off. Well, you know, Dick, but Dick has a lot more personality when it comes to the media. Dick was, I mean, come on, he was an emotional man. You, you got tears from Dick. You know how, yeah, he, well, how he felt because yeah, but he, always, he cried just about after every interview, you know, because he was so, so emotional. But, but, but he, these two guys are, if you think about a football coach, and, and this is old school football coaches, and everybody's trying to give Coughlin some credit because they said he adapted to the modern day athlete. I don't think the, he adapted. I think they adapted to him. To him. No, there's no doubt about well, it. I that, agree with you. That was a more disciplined football team. It was a team that was aggressive, and it, it was a, a no nonsense type of football team. Now, you know, Plexico, hey, everybody says, you know, Plex wasn't, he wasn't practicing. Listen, 
the man was hurt. Mm-hmm. He was trying to recover from Plaxico. an injury th- throughout the right. entire season, mm-hmm. and 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 it, it worked for him. I mean, when he came, when Kaufman first came into this league, and a lot of people don't remember this, but he was a wide receiver coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I didn't even know that. He coached one of the greatest receivers ever played the game, Mike Quick. So yep. he, he's used to big receivers, and and, and Mike, you know, a, a consistent Pro Bowl player year after year after year. Didn't come to training camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he didn't, didn't have to. He, you know, he was just so good. But I, I just want to give, you know, t- Tom Coughlin a lot of credit that he deserves. Look at his record. For those out there, do some, search, do some research. Google him up. Look at the stats. Look what he's mm-hmm. done with an expansion team. Mm-hmm. You know, look that he has a Super Bowl uh, ring. You know, he's an accomplished football coach. And give him credit. He's done a great job. And I think something else he's done that nobody wants to talk about. I think the best thing that he did to get his team prepared for this Super Bowl game is to play that last season and have his starters play against the New England Patriots. There you go. I think th- much now they say. go in, they got confidence, they know they can play against this team because the Patriots also had their starters on the field, and the Patriots had something to play against. And, again, something that the media didn't talk about. These, media, are two yeah. guys, these are two guys who were, you know, on the same staff with each other. They were competing. Compete. He yeah. didn't want him to beat him sure. for that, you well, know, final me, season victory. Can I ask you a question here, Ray? Um, didn't the Giants and New England play earlier in the season? They played the, they, yeah, it was, yeah. A last, it was the last game of the season. That was for the record. Yeah, that's right. And they didn't play that well because the, the, the Giants had nothing to, to win. Well, to, no, they, to but, lose. but that's that's the game I'm talking, Rich. They played oh, okay. very well. They, they played actually, very, okay. you know, they okay. played them as good as anybody did. With well, everybody said the Eagles, you know, almost beat them, but almost doesn't count. I always tell you that. But they competed to the point where I think they will go into this game with confidence because, as many people who may feel as if. The Patriots had nothing to prove in that last game. They did. They wanted to make history. And all those guys wanted mm-hmm. to be a part of history. Right. And the Giants didn't want to be a part of that history, not as the team that they won to finish the season mm-hmm. undefeated. Well, they gave it their best. They didn't win. But I do believe. Now they have it again. I believe they have another chance, you know. And they do have another chance. And I think they're going to. Yeah, I, I think this Super Bowl is going to be the biggest Super Bowl ever. And, they, and I also think that it's going to be a phenomenal game that nobody in this country is going to veer away from. I think that, it, you know, it, the, the Patriots are now 18-0. and 0, The Giants are coming in. The Giants, Giants were a wild card team. That, that means they just made it by the skin of their Gudzkis. Yeah, and they and, beat all those division winners, they, though. And they beat all the division leaders. They, 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 they won 10 games in a row on the road. I mean, this team is going to come into this stadium here in Phoenix, and I think they're going to kick New England's ass all over the field. I think New England is in for the fight of their life. And if they think that the Giants are just going to lay down, they got another thing coming. And the Giants, um, I, I can just feel it right here in the studio, just talking about football and reading everything. It, it's just going to be a phenomenal game and all these guys and all these reporters and pundits and, and, and you, know, you know what the spread is already 21 points that's I ridiculous mean, that's ridiculous that, uh, you know i don't see how you go into a super bowl you know with a spread of 21 points who who are these people well, uh, they're obviously people who haven't played the game because there's no way you know you can put out a spread you can obviously you can well, i say you know you they can, did this can. they did it with new england and philadelphia the spread was 14 or 20 points remember jeff was talking about that or you know reverend reporter from philadelphia from the eagles but jeff said the spread was 14 or 20 points and, and the Eagles almost won the game. They missed it by three points. So I don't know where they come off saying this. Watching the games over the weekend, San Diego almost beat New England. I mean, it was that close. A few key plays, they would have won that game. Something you can never measure in a game like this is, is a man's will to win. And sometimes people just will themselves to do something that on paper it looks like they could never accomplish. And, and, and well, the fact that Eli's in this game 
is one of those you know examples of somebody who just willed themselves to be much better than anybody ever thought they possibly could be and i'm happy for him but you know i, I when you know you look at the game you know i don't think the again the patriots i think the patriots played well enough to win obviously they did but again they could have been beaten that game yeah they could have i mean the, the chargers could have very well beat them the Chargers come the way they come away with field goals you got when you get in the red zone, you got to get touchdowns. Especially in a game like that. Yeah, they got you four field goals, yeah. and they should have had let, touchdowns. Let me ask you a question. Uh, and by the way, I made a mistake. The spread is twelve for the for the Super Bowl with New England on the spread. But the cold weather. Okay, and we're coming up to the end of the break, but I'm going to talk to you after the break in regards to the cold weather. I mean, I felt my bones crunching when these guys were playing. <laughs> just, do they actually feel the cold? Because you play the cold weather. Do you yeah, feel you the cold? Do. As a matter of fact, I'll talk to you a little bit about yeah, that. I want to talk but, about uh, that. We're going to have to take a break, but uh, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. And we'll be right back after this break. But, uh, yeah, it's weather. a kicker. Yeah, it's a kicker. It's always the kicker. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Need a business ass and then move oh, on. I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back on the Ray Ellis Sports Show with Fan Man on the Voice America Sports Radio Network at voiceamericasports.com. Hey, the toll-free numbers to call in to talk about the Super Bowl or if you have anything to say about the NFL in general or the Super Bowl, 866-472-5788. Again, 866-472-5788. And don't forget, coming up in this in this segment of the show, we have Jeff um, from, our, uh, from Philadelphia, our roving uh, reporter, to talk about the Super Bowl. And also, we have a special guest coming on from uh, Channel 12, and uh, his name is Bruce, Bruce Cooper. Cooper. And Bruce yeah. will be joining us also by telephone. And we have Jeff on from Philly. Jeff, how you doing? Fan man here. 
Hey, fan man, what's going on? Hey, not much. How's everything going on in cold Philly? Yeah, you said it. Cold, rainy, sleety, all that. Is good it stuff. rainy and sleety and everything? Yeah, snowy. Really? Well, you know what? Hey, Jeff. Yeah. I picked the Giants. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, please. This is Ray, man. Don't, don't, don't let him. You know, get his his kicks on by saying he picked the Giants. I don't believe you picked the Giants. Hey, Jeff, I was going to call you Sunday, but I didn't have your phone number. <laughs> I, I could have sworn Finman actually did pick the Giants. Yeah, he, he did. did. He well, did. Hey, you, don't, you don't have to swear to that hey, one. Hey, we'll Jeff, give him credit. He did. Hey, Jeff, were you thinking of me when they won? Uh, I got to admit, you were not on the list of people I was thinking about oh, okay. when the Giants won. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was watching the game at home with his family, so he wasn't thinking. Oh, about he wasn't you. thinking about me. Hey, That's but correct. you know, I, actually, hey. you guys don't know this, and being in Philadelphia, it's it's. You know, I'm, I'm loath to admit it, but I grew up in New York, so I, I grew up a Giants fan. I, w- I was happy about that. Oh, there you go. I was thrilled to death that the Giants won, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, too. And I'm well, not going to back that, off. If that, that happens, fan man, you, you'll get a lot of credit from me. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to wait to the end to give my pick, but, uh, you know, Giants, the Giants do look good. And uh, speaking of look good, Jeff, you, you watched the game as, as it played out. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that Giants game. As it played out, you know, what were you thinking? Did you think, hey, man, hey, he, he has a chance here? Well, I guess two things really surprised me. One is that with the weather being so cold and the, the tundra being so frozen, as they like to say, I'm really surprised that the running game just was not an option for either team as much. I mean, it re- both teams really decided that they were going to win the game through the air. I mean, the Giants ran the ball effectively. They ran the ball better than Green Bay did. But really, this game came down to a bunch of nice catches and nice passes uh, uh, on the Giants' side. So that, that really surprised me. And second... I just kind of thought Brett looked a little bit weathered, you know, and that, you know, no pun intended with the weather, but he just, he just didn't have he – he wasn't Brett Favre that night, the, the, the Brett we've seen for, you know, most of the first half of the season and, and that we're used to seeing. I just felt like – I don't know, he looked a little old. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I think from somewhere the old Brett Favre showed up for this game because he, he threw that one pass, that deep pass that got intercepted, and then they got it back, and he recovered, mm-hmm. stripped him, and they got it back. Uh, he just made a couple plays that reminded me of the old Brett Favre who made yeah. mental mistakes and, and probably threw the ball and wish he could have you know, had a boomerang on it and brought it back to him. But he did make a couple. And, well, you know and, what? The biggest mental mistake he made was when they got the ball, when they had the ball in, in, in the first overtime, and he threw the interception. I mean, well, you know, he gave it to them. Yeah, Did that but remind that, you that guys just, at all of that Philadelphia game that went into overtime where he threw that interception to Brian Dawkins? Uh, off his left foot. I mean, he was getting rushed, and he just threw it up there, and and then the Eagles went and won. I think that was the fourth and twenty-six game, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that I kind of had a flashback of that. Yeah, I, I think the the pass that he threw that was an interception. I mean, that pass right there. Uh, if you've ever watched professional football, and many of you mm-hmm. out there, of course, you have watched it, but some people just tune in. You. Some people just tune in because it's Super Bowl time. I will look at the but girls. That is the that is the throw that an NFL quarterback has to make. If you can't. Throw that out pattern, mm-hmm. and it has to be on the outside of the receiver's shoulders. Otherwise, if it's inside, it's an interception, and it could mm-hmm. very well go the other way. The other way, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a throw that when he let it go, he probably wished he could have had it back because he knew right away it wasn't on. Hey Jeff, the question here: uh, We were just talking about the cold weather. You think that had a lot to do with uh, Green Bay uh, having problems uh, and far, you know, having issues? Well, they played. The well, Giants you know, I mean, that. both teams had a battle, so I, and and Green Bay should be more accustomed to it than, than New York or any other team. So I don't know if it created a problem per se because there were some tremendous plays out there. I mean, Plexico Burris had a great day. Um, you, know, there were, there, you know, there were guys who, who did well. I think it no doubt may have made the entire pace of the game a little, a little slower than it might have normally been. But I, I, don't, I think it was just a, 
the, the elements were the same for both teams. I don't think it favored one over the other. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I agree with that. But one thing I will say, guys, you know, many times, because Fan Man has asked me this before, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Ray, when you get out there, is it cold? It's cold. It's just as cold yeah, for the players as it is for the fans yeah, who are in the stands. Yeah, but when you're playing the game and the mm-hmm. adrenaline rush uh, for the player, not for the fan, because the fans sitting there freezing, you know, you're running around the field, right? I mean, you got you're, you're you know, it, this is a championship game. You're you're on, it's on the line. You, you know, these guys are running around with no sleeves on. I mean, does that affect them or is it? Uh, it's it's a mental I, thing. It's it, a men- it, and it's a mental thing, and it starts with when the forecast starts coming in and what the temperatures are going to be for the game. Because then, and then once you arrive to the stadium, then now all of a sudden you're thinking about okay. How much clothing am I going to put on? Am mm-hmm. I going to go out with no sleeves on, or am I going to go out with sleeves on? I think those guys are crazy and, and, doing and, that. And then myself. once you get out there, and then it becomes okay. Now I got to adjust to the cold because as soon as you hit, it hits you in the face, boom, boom. It, it's, it, there. It, it's there. Now the difference for the fans as opposed to the players is the players they're going through the ups and downs of the body temperature rising and then coming back down because of course when you're out and you're running, your body temperature goes up, your body gets heated, right. and then and you then go you, to right. the sideline. And then you freeze like you freeze again. Right. And then you got to go out and you got to try to unthaw. But, you know, you just to have to, you know, you got to think about how mentally tough those guys are to try to put that out of their they, mind. I mean, I, One thing, go ahead, Jeff, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, and, and maybe Ray could really, you know, take us inside, uh, you know, being a, a former player that we might not know. I would think that the weather would have a most effect on the guys who play special teams. And I would think it looked to me that punting was a difficulty because the ball might have been frozen or very heavy. And I also think holding on to the ball as far as the snaps um, are also difficult when the ball is slick and heavy like that. And I think you saw on the first miss uh, uh, from Lawrence Tynes, it looked like there was a bad snap involved. I, I don't it know if that was weather-related, but I would think that weather plays a, a bigger factor in, in that element of the game than, than I, any you know, other and, most. And, Jeff, I agree with you. When he snapped that ball, the ball might have been heavy, and he just didn't, you know, here's a guy that snaps long snaps uh, all season long, and all of a sudden he snaps it high like that. Right. But and the way Fiegels, I mean, Fiegels looked like he was putting a bowling ball at, at times. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. I mean, I mean, times, you have to give all the credit to. I mean, the way he kicked that ball, I mean, 40, uh-huh. what was it, 40, 40 yards or something? In that 47. Frozen, but, I'm surprised but, his foot didn't break off. But, but, but Jeff, you're right. It's amazing. You, you, you hit it right on, uh, on the head there. The special team guys are the ones that are probably, in, you know, in the worst shape of all in terms of being mm-hmm. able to prepare themselves to do their job because they go out there and all of a sudden the next thing you know they're in for one play they may not be on the, on the field again for like 20 plays and then right. they're on again and it, it is hard for them to just okay. yeah. we we got, they're freezing on the sideline too you oh know yeah. I mean? okay, oh yeah we have uh, John on the uh, line from Arizona John welcome to uh, the Ray Ellis Sports Show with Fan Man we have Jeff Fawn from Philadelphia our roving correspondent for the Eagles welcome to the show John <laughs> I guess John's, oh, not, John's, John's not, not there. there. John, John left. Well, that's okay. Listen, oh, I just want to – I want to – I think you John, you Hey, guys, can you hear me? Hey, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, I was just curious if you guys heard that the uh, the heated benches for the Giants weren't working during the game. Yeah, you know, I, I did hear that. And, and there was a game on earlier than the year, too, where, uh, you know, the heated benches weren't working for the visitors' team. I believe like this. It's just like when the communication devices don't work. If they don't work for one team, then the other team has to disconnect theirs. If those heaters were not working for the Giants, then the Packers yeah, heaters should have been. I didn't hear that. That's very unfair. Well. That is really unfair. John, who, who you, uh, where are you from in Arizona? Uh, I'm from Phoenix. I just moved there from New York, actually. So oh, really? So you're fan, a Giants but... fan, I take it. Oh, what's that? Yes, I read in the, I'm sorry, quick. I did read in the U.S. Hated report that they actually were working. Oh, they, they were? Yeah, that there was some confusion that they weren't and then that they were. Yeah, I just I just thought it might be a little unfair if that, that was a psychological ploy by the uh, Packers to get the Giants out of the game, maybe. I don't know. And it, well, it, you know, you, it, man, I'll tell you, if it's going to be Skygate, Spygate, you can do anything. You know? <laughs> bench, Any bench little gate. edge you can get, you know, unplug them and then plug them back in, you know. But 
<laughs> hey, anything that you can do to try to win the game, and, and I'm sure that's what uh, you know. That's what happened when they threw that message out to all the fans, all the Giants fans. They were pissed when they yeah. heard that. You know, oh yeah, but they were. Working. Yeah, but no, I, like I said, I, I just did some quick searching on it, and apparently that uh, they did work. Oh, okay. Hey, John. What do you, John? What do you think? You got? You think you guys got a chance to win the game? Oh, I think we definitely have a chance. I mean, even the way we played them in the last game of the season, uh, you know, it's uh, Eli and Plaxico, and uh, uh, you know that Jacobs and Bradshaw combination we got going. I don't. I don't see why not. Now, I heard a couple things. Uh, John, this is Ray speaking. I heard a couple things about a couple people complaining about the fact that you know Jacobs. You guys are trying to run him on the outside. You know, uh-huh. they shouldn't try to do that. Uh, what do you think about Jacobs and Bradshaw as a tandem? Well, who do you like? Well, I'll tell you what, Bradshaw is pretty exciting for, you know, for his style of running. But Jacobs, personally, for me, since he runs upright, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I like Jacobs. I think he's more exciting. And if he, gets, if he can make it through that hole, I, I think he's, he can be a real explosive player. Well, I can tell you what, uh, early in the game, if you, if you saw this one particular play where Charles Woodson tried to come up and force a run and Jacobs came through the hole and met him in the hole. And first I mean, play of the game, Ray. That was the first first offensive play of the game for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, ran him over. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's man, the funny was... thing. You know, if people are complaining or, or saying that Coughlin's not using Brandon Jacobs correctly because he keeps running him to the outside, they're absolutely dead wrong. This guy is kind of an anomaly in that he is much better when he runs to the outside. I think he is not a very good between-the-tackles runner, and part of that, as John said, is the guy runs a little high. But it also, I mean, you can tell when you watch him and then Bradshaw or somebody else, from the second that he gets the handoff to the, when he gets the line of scrimmage, he's not, a, he's not a burst guy. He's not like an LT or a Westbrook where it's a split second. He's a little bit slow. And when you're running up the middle, you kind of have to read the holes and see the holes and react to them, whereas if you're running to the side, you're just running in one angle, and all you got to do is either beat someone to the corner or right. overpower okay. him like Brandon Jacobs did. He is a much better runner outside the tackles, which is unfortunate since he's 256 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, Bradshaw with me, I don't know, he just, he, he's that, you know, he's that little back, and he just looks really explosive. He can hit a hole, he, you know, he can definitely put on a big play. Hey, John and Jeff, we have another uh, caller in, uh, and uh, this must be Bruce Cooper. Bruce? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, great. How you doing there, Bruce? I'm doing just fine. Ray, how about yourself, buddy? Uh, oh, great, Bruce. We got a we got a couple guys going here. We got a party line going here, man. It's a great time, you know. It's super Bowl table. here in Arizona. And uh, listen, Bruce, we know that uh, you know you do a lot of uh, you know reporting here. You work for a station here in Arizona, man. And I'm sure you're excited about the Super Bowl coming here. Why don't you uh, share a few words with us about uh, how exciting it is here in uh, in, in the Arizona va- in the Valley uh, during this Super Bowl time? Well, you know, the only other time Arizona has has hosted a uh, Super Bowl was in 96 when the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys played. And I don't have to tell you this, Ray, the Dallas Cowboys are uh, Arizona's adopted football team. Oh, Bruce, we're losing you. Can you hear us, Bruce? I think they lost Bruce. Anyway, uh, they're gonna, he, Bruce is going to call back and talk about the adopted city of the Dallas Cowboys, which I, I firmly uh, disagree with. <laughs> I mean, when the Cardinals, America the tw- loves the Cowboys. America, well, you know what? When you come to the stadium here in Phoenix at Sun Devil Stadium back in the day, uh, half the state, most of the stadium was either the Cowboys or it'd be the Ravens or it'd be the Eagles. I mean, you know, the Tweety Birds didn't have any uh, fan base whatsoever. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna have to take a break. Uh, John, can you stay on the line? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll continue this conversation about the Super Bowl, uh, the Giants, of course, uh, pitting themselves against the uh, Patriots, and uh, we'll make our predictions of what's going to happen and what's going on in the media. You're listening to the Ray Ellis Sports Show on the Voice America Sports Radio Network with Fan Man, and we'll be right back after these messages. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No 
holds barred. Take the bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Hello? Hi, Bill? Uh, this is George Dewey from up the street. Oh, hey, George. How you doing? Good, good. Say, I noticed you've been walking to work these days instead of driving. Mm. And I uh, don't quite know how to say this, but... But... But what? But... But... Your butt. Your buttocks. Your butt. I think I found your butt on my front lawn. Have you recently lost it? As a matter of fact, I have, George. It's about time someone noticed. Well, it was kind of hard to miss, if you know what I mean. Anyways, would you like it back? Would I like it back? No, not really. So it's okay if I throw it out? Sure, that's fine. Take it easy, George. Small step number eight. Walk instead of driving whenever you can. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. I like to let listen to a little music, you know, before we come back. They play the same music all the time. Anyway, welcome You're to the show. Listen to Sports on the Voice America Network. Here we are with the number one co-host in Bam the world. Bam. Hey guys, we're having a lot of fun here. We got Bruce on the line with us. Bruce Cooper, who is a uh, sports reporter here for us in the Valley. Hey, Bruce, you there? I, I am. I am. Yeah, we're sorry about that disconnect there, Bruce. But we, we were starting to tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the Valley here and what people can expect and the fact that there were a lot of Cowboy fans here and they're not coming to the game. But, uh, <laughs> boy, I'll tell you one thing, Bruce. That, you know, the Cardinals didn't make it. You've been covering them all year long. You probably took a look at the NFC. Uh, what do you feel about the Giants coming into the Super Bowl? Well, that, my point I was trying to make was uh, back, back in 96, the, you know, Cowboys are such a huge, huge draw here in Arizona, and so locally, that was a huge, huge Super Bowl game here because you have uh, two of the uh, uh, big, you know, followed franchises in the game, but it, it will nowhere compare to this on a national scale in this Super Bowl 42 because here, right, you know, you have a New England team out after history, first team ever to try and uh, cap a season 19-0, and 0, 
And so that's going to bring a lot of uh, uh, a lot more interest. I think this particular Super Bowl will set record a record for uh, actually view, for viewers. Hey Bruce, this is Fan Man. I, you know what? I'm I'm looking at it that if the Giants win this game, this will be the most remembered Super Bowl in history. The beat an unbeaten team. If, if if they win it, it's that's there's no doubt about that because I mean they would have stopped history. They would have stopped a machine that no one has come. Uh, well, I can't say it hadn't come close to doing, but uh, because certainly the uh, Ravens and Giants uh, and Colts uh, had shots but didn't do it. But, I mean, to actually be the team to stop this machine, and I can't believe how the Chargers made uh, Tom Brady look uh, human in the AFC title game uh, on Sunday. I mean, that just shocked me. I, I, I just haven't seen anybody play that quarterback position quite the way he has and. That's mm-hmm. saying something when you look over the history of this league and knowing the type of quarterbacks that have uh, uh, played. Well, let me ask you something, Bruce. Do you think that the majority of people out there, do they want to see you know, history actually accomplished, or do they want to see the upset? You know, I've I, I got, I got to believe, Ray, that everyone loves to see David slay Goliath. You know, I, I mean, that is the big intrigue. I mean, and, and, and I think that's why we're going to see a ratings record. If people are going to tune in to see if this Giants team. I mean, I mean, who would have thought that when we watched uh, Week 17, Giants and Patriots play the last game of the regular season, that that would be a preview of Super Bowl 42? And the Giants actually got out, as you know, to a 28-16 lead. It was a very good game. The the uh, Patriots did what they do. They come back and win it 38-35. But I think that has kind of peaked America to the point to say. Well, maybe. I mean, the Giants did play that game at home, and then we all know that they are the roadkill team now, 10 straight on the road. Can they do the road. it? That's so right. I think that is going to really intrigue so many people where they're going to tune in to watch. I mean, obviously some people want to see history made. Others, I think the majority of them would love to see. Hey, hey Bruce, i got a question for you, fan man here. Do you think the Cardinals learned anything from this? <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, I, I don't know if we, if we can say that. I mean, we're, we are talking about a, a, a franchise who uh, uh, have, has only known one winning season in, in the last 20 years. So That's right, 98. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Not yet. 1998 is the only winning season that they have had since moving here to Arizona in 1987. Right. Yeah, I, I can't say that they've, they've learned anything, but I will say this, that they did make some tremendous strides under uh, – uh, Ken Wisenhunt, I mean, a first-year coach, they, they slide in at 500 at 8-8, eight eight, but right. uh, they, they are building. I, don't, I wouldn't say they've learned anything. Well, one thing I, I'll certainly say is, is, is the fact that, you know, when you, when you, you know, look at Wisenhunt and what he's done, he's certainly improved this football team. He, they're going to have a challenge in the offseason because they've got some veterans that perhaps maybe they may lose uh, to free agency. And, and one thing that they've learned is that there are teams out there, these are teams that win. Teams that win, I'm talking the New England Patriots, have been able to survive losing some of their better players and still, and I think it's the coach. I think they've got a great coach. Of course it's the, the coach. The it has to so, be the coach. So Wiz has to, he has to tell his team, hey, regardless of what happens, somebody's got to step in and somebody's got to step up and you guys have to play to the point where we can win these football games regardless if we've got, you know, the guy who was penciled in as a starter or if we've got the backup. Everybody's got to step up and they got to do their job. Well, one thing I want to say is, and I, Jeff and Philly, uh, in regards to the bashing of Eli Manning, you think that's you know over now? I mean, you think uh, the press and the media <laughs> back east are, uh, you know, okay, this guy did it and let's lay off, or are they going to continue this um, this attack? Let's, I would say it's temporarily on hold. 
Oh, <laughs> I think that's the best way to <laughs> describe it. You know, I don't want to take anything away from Eli. He's played caretaker football. He's, he's been a great game manager. Hasn't really been a game winner. I mean, he's made some, some really good throws. Uh, he probably had his best game against uh, Green Bay. But, uh, you know, I still think that Giants fans are waiting for that kind of four-touchdown, 350-yard effort from him. And, and I really can see... You know, if he has a bad game in the Super Bowl or a bad start next year, I can see the same type of criticisms coming out because I think they're going to follow him until he puts together, you know, an all-pro type season or a Pro Bowl type season. So, so in other words, they're, they're pitting Eli against Peyton is basically what it is. Where yeah, and I've always thought that was unfair because, you know, just because unfair. your brother's fantastic doesn't mean you're going to be fantastic. You I, mean, know, I heard uh, with the announcers at the, at the game, at the Green Bay game, when they said that uh, Peyton didn't even show up at the game because he didn't want to, you know, <laughs> put a curse on, on Eli. Well, the last time he showed up at a game, Eli threw four interceptions, three of which were returned for touchdowns at home versus Minnesota. So uh, perhaps the whole Jessica Simpson theory falls in line here. <laughs> just, just stay away and, and, and let me do my thing, you know. Yeah. Well, one thing, I, I, when, you, when you look at, uh, you know, again, that decision that was made on draft day, and I, I got to believe that Archie had a little bit to do with that. Is that the uh, draft day of 2004 That's when Eli exactly. said, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I don't want to play for the and Chargers, I, get I'm, me the hell out of here? I'm, I'm just sure. thinking that he sat down with his dad, and his dad had a lot to do with that because Eli probably shared with his dad that he wanted to do that, and mm-hmm. his dad certainly had to say to him, boy, do you realize that you're going into the number one media market of the world? They will eat you a new, you know what? A new what? And, uh, and Eli said he was up for the challenge. And nobody thought that this was the person that was going to come in, the Clark Kent of football, because he now has them in the Super Bowl with a chance, you know, to beat perhaps maybe what may end up being the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and that's Tom Brady. Hey, Bruce, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, I, I'll just say so hats off to Eli Manning. I mean, I, I couldn't believe the uh, attacks that he took when Tiki Barber decided to walk away and, 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 and even Rondé Barber, uh, who, uh, his, uh, Tiki's brother, is shipping uh, in at, at, at Eli. I mean, to attack his character, his leadership, and to see what he has done in three consecutive road games. I mean, he's the only – I mean – I would expect Tom Brady to put up the numbers that Eli has put up in the playoffs. I mean, Eli's been perfect. No interceptions, four touchdowns. He's got his team to three road wins. I mean, what more can you do to answer your critics? And I'm going to tell you something else that happened. Where I was really impressed with Eli, there was a time in the game where they had to call the timeout because somebody wasn't lined up properly. And the way Eli handled that, the way he communicated with his teammate was extremely important. You can't point fingers at people at those times. There's times where I've seen Tom maybe a little upset with his teammates. It's okay to demonstrate your leadership, but everybody knows you're the leader. But you never want to embarrass your teammates. Eli handled that extremely well during the game. I don't know if you guys remember that or watched that, but it, I didn't it, see it, that part. Yeah, I must yeah. have been in the back. Yeah, it was a play where he called a timeout, <laughs> and it was extreme. I mean, it was a, because they have to, you, one thing you have to do, you got to manage timeouts during the game too. I mean, that's extremely. You know, important. one thing I didn't see at the game at the Green Bay game, I didn't see any cheerleaders. It's cold. <laughs> oh, it's cold. Oh, Green okay. Bay doesn't have cheerleaders. They don't have last time I looked, I don't, <laughs> do they have cheerleaders? So you know what okay. fan man's looking no, for, I'm guys? I'm wondering. There's no cheerleaders. Well, there. let's let's talk a little bit about Tom Brady here, guys, because uh, you know it's my understanding that Tom has a boot on his foot. Have you guys heard this story? No. I no. actually saw a video of that. He, you know, and 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 I went back in my head. I said, "Gosh, I watched this Chargers game with the with the Patriots. I don't recall a time seeing Tom Brady hurt at all in the game. I remember Philip Rivers Rivers limping all over the field, but I don't recall that. But to see Tom Brady in a boot 
I guess he went to pick up some flowers in Manhattan for his uh, his girlfriend, and 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 someone captured the, uh, the the shot, and so it's made its way across the, uh, the internet, all the media outlets, and so I'm like, wow. When hey, mate, Bruce, maybe he had a rough night with his girlfriend. <laughs> hey, well, he was holding <laughs> flowers and smiling, so maybe hey, those yeah. were either I'm sorry, flowers, I need to get you back. Or yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Bruce, we're going to ask you to speak up a little bit. I think we're having a little trouble uh, with your feed coming through, but certainly uh, I heard those things about uh, Tom Brady. I think. It's even out there on the web someplace, but certainly, you know, and then I also heard this, and I don't know how true this is, was there some surgery procedure that Philip Rivers went through before he played in that game? Well, well Philip Rivers actually had a scope done on his knee, uh, the, uh, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, you know, five days before the uh, game on Sunday, and uh, I, I got I to gotta take my hat off to the young man because... He also had a has a torn ACL that he will get repaired, but he he got the scope job just to allow him to get rid of some of the uh, damage to his cartilage in there to allow him to go on the field and play for his team. And and I feel bad for Ladanian Tomlinson because he's taken a lot of heat because you know he wasn't listed on the injury report, uh, but Rivers was. But here it is that uh, LT played only two plays. Uh, from in terms of carrying the ball and Rivers play the entire game, I think that's kind of unfair. But yeah, I mean, hats off to Rivers, a lot of courage. Yeah, I agree with you, Bruce. And and, and LT, I you know, he did walk off the field fine. He got paid paid a lot of money, and it, uh, from what I hear, they're calling for his head in San Diego. Oh, well, I, I think it's totally, totally unfair. I mean, this guy, and 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 no doubt he was needed. I mean, anytime you get uh, the Chargers inside the opponent's 10-yard line, well, that's LT time. Well, three times in the game Sunday, the Chargers were inside the uh, Patriots' 10-yard line. All three times they had to settle for a field goal. So, yeah, you can see where you needed an LT, but, I mean, to question this guy's heart, oh, not after this. What he's right. Jeff, what do you have to say about that? Well, here I agree with Bruce about 85%. I, I agree that this man was hurt before the game. We already knew that. He left the, um, the Indianapolis game with a knee injury and couldn't finish that out. And from what it looked like to me and what I read, he hurt himself. He re-injured it. You know, he tried to give it a go on the first play and, or second play, and he just re-injured it, and they knew that he could not be at full strength. And so he took himself out, and I think he said that they had a better chance of winning with me out of the game than with me in it. And if he can honestly make that assessment, and they do have good backups in Michael Turner – and Darren Sproul, so I can understand that. You know, what good, yeah, they didn't score in the red zone, but what good is giving the ball to Ladanian Tomlinson if he's got one leg and he really can't make it work? However, the one thing that disappointed me about Ladanian Tomlinson was that he just sat there with the helmet on his head and watched the game and didn't seem very, I mean, this was a close game that his team had a chance to win. He did not seem to be very enthusiastic about that and didn't seem to play the role of cheerleader and, and trying to help out the team and talk to the team. He just kind of sat there with the Ricky Williams, like, you know, helmet on the head, doing nothing. And I thought that that took away from a little bit of as a team. But, you know, that, that, that was his choice, but I felt that it, it was a poor reflection of him. Hey, Jeff, I'm going to make a – this is Ray, and I'm going to make a comment to your comment uh, after this message, but we do have to take a break. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And, of course, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back on the Voice America Sports Radio Network with Fan Man and, of course, Ray Yellow Sports. We have our special guest and uh, the toll-free number if you'd like to call in and join in, 866-472-5788. Again, 866-472-5788. We have Bruce Cooper here from a local NBC affiliate who's a uh, sportscaster here in town, as well as, well as uh, Jeff, our roving reporter in Philadelphia, and John, one of our listeners. Hey, and, we need uh, John. Is John still on the line? John, you still there? I think John. No, I think John hung. Uh, Hey, hey, John, thanks for calling. We apologize. uh, We got a couple guys on here. We're getting into some stuff, and uh, we appreciate your opinion. You call in. But, guys, listen, you know, one reason why I'm here at part of this show is because I want to give you a different perspective about what happens with players. And it it doesn't, the ugly head never shows its face during game day the majority of time. But I think it may have happened with LaDania, and that is. I remember, if you guys can remember, the Eagles played the, the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, in the NFC Championship game. And what happened was there was a player that played for the Philadelphia Eagles, a starting strong safety by the name of Damon Moore, was in his last year of his contract. He got hurt in that NFC Championship game, maybe close to the last drive. Do you know after the season was over, that season was over, he didn't have a contract. They didn't bring him back. They had no obligations to him. He got no money. Now, wait a second. He was only like a second or third year. He was on his way to being probably an all-pro player, but he was damaged goods. Now, did that go through LaDainian's mind? 
I don't know. Perhaps it did. So you're it, saying that instead of going, he came back and said, hey, I'm not playing and I'm not going out there. Because That's it, the period. business of this right. sport is if you're damaged goods, you're done. But you're Danian, done. Right. I don't care. See, his money isn't guaranteed. He has to earn that money each game, each season. And if he went back on the field and tore his knee up, he could have been done. Now, did Philip make that same conscious decision that he didn't care? Perhaps maybe he did. But I'm just thinking that was a business decision. Hey, by Bruce, both what those do you, men. Bruce, what do you have to say about that? Because you just mentioned that, you know, they're, they're, they have three field goals. They're, they're down there, and LT should have been in there to get, that, to get that touchdown, and you're saying that he wasn't. So do you think that makes – Well, I know that's what has a lot of San Diego Charger fans upset. You know, they, they saw uh, Philip Rivers – who was listed on the injury report, and they saw a Ladanian Tomlinson who was not. If anyone was going to play Sunday against the uh, 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 Patriots, it was going to be LT, not Rivers. Well, the opposite took place. Now, to hear Ray say what he did, i got to respect Ray. I mean, he, he, he's played in the game. He's played in the National Football League. So I just can't dismiss that, uh, that thought process. But, man, I sure hope that wasn't the case because, I mean, uh, LT has established himself as such a terrific, maybe one of the game's all-time great running backs. Who can forget the season he had just last year? But, man, how many times do you get that, that close to the Super Bowl? I mean, isn't that why they fired Marty Schottenheimer? Because right. he couldn't win a first-round game? Man, okay. I, I would certainly hope, Ray, that that, that is, was not the case with uh, LT. Well, Bruce and Jeff, I mean, think about it. The guy's hurt. You know, you got next year coming up, and, you know, he he comes out and he says, hey, I'm not doing it. I'm not going back in there. I'm not, I'm not going to get myself – I'm not going to break it, and I'm done. I'm done. My career's over. I mean, I think the, the media should have said, hey, you know, or the press or the San Diego Chargers should have said, LT's hurt. He's not coming, coming back into the game. And let everybody know that he's not coming back into the game instead of him just sitting there, like Jeff said, with his, head, with his helmet on his head, sitting there doing nothing. Well, I can also say this. There's a guy who is the offensive coordinator. Uh, for, he's a quarterback coach, you know, McDaniels for the New England Patriots. His dad was a high school football coach back in my hometown of Canton, Ohio. He had a star player that had been offered a scholarship to go on and play ball at Ohio State. He got hurt in the biggest game of the season against Maslin, the Maslin Tigers, and the coach contemplated, should he keep the guy in the game or should he put somebody else in there? But he was actually thinking about that young man's career and the opportunity to go on and play college football and perhaps maybe pros. These things, sometimes they do factor into some decisions that are being made. Now, did that happen to LT? I don't know, but it's something that you got to throw in there and just, you know, throw a screw into the, you know, to this whole thing and find out, hey, that might have been a problem. Okay, anyway, we have One Joe. One distinction, uh, if I can, real quick, Sandman, um, that I think is, is getting lost is that, you know, and I applaud Philip Rivers for playing on a torn ACL. That, that was tremendous courage of him. But let's remember this, that, that if Philip Rivers had a torn rotator cuff in his shoulder, he wasn't playing that game, okay? LaDainian Tomlinson had a bad knee, a banged-up knee. Maybe he's got really bad knee damage. Who knows? So he can't run, you know? The quarterback's job is mostly, in his case, is to throw the ball. So if he had had a bum shoulder or a bum elbow, he's not playing in that game. I he, agree with you. He, he played because you can play a quarterback position. Not so great, but you can play it with a torn ACL. You can't run the ball if you don't have a knee. You That's just exactly, can't do it. You're right. Yeah, we have Joey on from Arizona. Joey, you're on the Ray Ellis Show with Fan Man on the Voice of America Sports Radio Network. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. Pretty good. What can we do for you? Uh, I just wanted to totally agree with that, that last comment, first of all, because, you know, Philip played with a bum knee, but if he can throw, you know, let him play. But second, everybody's being so hard on, on uh, you know, Tomlinson. You know, those guys paid a lot of money to re-sign Turner this last season. You know, he's supposed to be one of the best backups in the league. Why not, you know, let him do his job? That's what he's there for. 
That's what I was saying with Ladanian Tomlinson when he took himself out of the game. He said he felt that the team was better off without him. I think that that's, that was a mature decision on right. Ladanian's part. If he really felt that the team was going to be more effective with, because they had Michael Turner and Sproles. Well, well, Turner will not be with the San Diego Chargers next season. He is a, uh, a restricted free agent, and he's going to uh, uh, command, you know, probably salaries, in, you know, in double figures, you know, with, with signing bonuses and things like that. The Chargers will not bring him back. So, that you know, that was certainly a chance for him to, to continue to get his shine on. But, I mean, I mean, isn't that why Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches in the game, uh, I don't care what it is that his opponent does well. He always finds a way to take it away. I mean, I'm, I'm just shocked that a, a, a 39-year-old, shall we call him, senior Seau and not junior Seau. I mean, here's a guy making just just big plays. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, uh, 34 years old, making big plays. I, I'm asking myself, how do these guy, guys defy uh, age when no one else really is playing uh, middle linebackers or inside linebackers at that uh, advanced age and making huge plays, forcing Nate Kading onto the field, dropping Michael Turner for losses. I mean, it just it just goes to the genius again of uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, to be able to take away the Chargers running game with or without Ladanian Tomlinson, and uh, and as, as and I'm just, I'm only pointing out that Michael Turner is not a scrub. He's a guy that should have been able to step in. If, if, if LT's uh, not 100%. Hey, Bruce, I'll, I'll comment on that. And, and I'll tell you what, the, the reason why they're able to do those things is because they're prepared. They are prepared mentally as well as any team I've ever seen take the football field. As a matter of fact, you talk about the play that Junior Seau made down close to the red zone. When, when Junior saw that guard pulling, linebackers know if the guard pulls, follow him. Follow him through that hole, and you'll make the tackle. You, if you look at uh, what happened when the Chargers were down on the, on the goal line trying to stop the Patriots, the Chargers made mental mistakes, and they were able to capitalize off it. The Patriots are just a very prepared team. Anytime they step on the field, they don't make mistakes. Tom Brady threw three interceptions. Well, the ball got tipped on one and the others. They were just, you know, bad passes. You know, that sometimes you're playing against other teams that, you know, they got professional athletes as well, and the competition is at such a level that maybe they'll make a play. But, you know, they, they've got a, a great team that steps on the field, and if you're not prepared mentally to play against them, you're going to lose. Okay, we have a minute less, uh, a minute left in the uh, some show. Predictions here, huh? We're going to do the predictions. We'll start with uh, Jeff in Philadelphia. Jeff, what do you what do you say? New England. And Bruce, how, how can you go against New England? But I, I'll tell you what, I'll be one of those that's watching and hoping that uh, David can slay, uh, slay uh, Goliath. Okay. Well, my pick would be the Giants. Hey, we got Joey on there. Joey, are you still with us? Oh, Joey's gone. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, not just because it's the NFC East, but I just think right now, if you look at from start to finish and what's happening at the end of the year, I think that New York Giants are probably playing the best football of any team right now. And so I'm going to wait till next week to make my prediction. Oh, you're going to wait till next. <laughs> you want to see what the media and the president? I'm going to wait for right a week. Okay. You know, hey, I never know. You never uh, know. Yeah. Tom Brady could really be injured. You right. Know? Well, yeah, you got to do it right now. You don't want to do it. No, okay. I'm going to wait until next week. Hey, hey Bruce, guys, thanks, everybody, Bruce, for thanks calling lo- in. Bruce, thanks a lot for being on the show. Jeff, of course, uh, we appreciate your uh, knowledge of the game. And Bruce uh, from uh, Channel 12 here in Phoenix, we appreciate it. Uh, you're listening to Voice America Sports with uh, Ray Ellis and Fan Man on the VoiceAmericaSports.com radio network. And as always, this is Ray saying I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. It's the kicker. The kicker won again. The kicker. The kicker won again. There is.